Read error. Read error. Read error. If you recognize that uh, that lady's voice, you were probably one of the few people that used a Nintendo e-reader at some point. Um, it was a peripheral for the Game Boy Advance that not a lot of people bought, not a lot of people used, and today on Tipping the Turtle, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm Jeff Silvers, as always, with my broadcast uh, colleague. Time delay error. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Along with my broadcast colleague, Nick Bryant. Hello. Is that going to be, are you going to do the e-reader voice today? Is that what you're doing? The e-reader lady? Introduction error. <laughs> it's, it's kind of <laughs> Introduction error. Um, what we're talking about today is the uh, Nintendo e-reader, which was, despite uh, the troublesome error messages that you just heard at the beginning here, was actually, I think, a very cool add-on for the Game Boy Advance that didn't take off very well in North America. Um, but it did a lot of cool stuff. We're going to talk about what it was. Uh, why it was not successful, but some of the cool things that it did on today's episode of Tipping the Turtle. So, what is the e-reader? Um, the e-reader was an add-on peripheral for the Game Boy Advance. It launched in 2000... Oh, what the hell? Do I not have the date here? Pretty sure it was 2002. Um, we are we are knocking it out of the park with the professionalism on this show already. Professionalism. Error. <laughs> <laughs> professionalism not found. <laughs> um, Scan professionalism again. <laughs> uh, but it... It was a... It's this chunky... look. We actually have one in front of us here, in fact, mine. Um, it's this chunky-looking... How would what, how would you describe the shape of this thing? Uh, okay, you know what a... Uh, I don't know if some of you may be familiar with the uh, Sega Genesis uh, peripheral. I'll call it a peripheral. It's more like an eyesore. Uh, the 32X. It kind of looks like a cross-section of the 32X to yeah, me. Yeah, sort of. It's, it's sort of like mushroom-shaped, but it also sort of looks like those... Uh, like the first generation of those things that used to attach to the bottom of cell phones when you're at like a fair or something and like people can scan their credit cards on them. Oh, like the square readers. Yeah, like the yeah. square readers and things. It kind of looks like a real bulky version of that, like if Nintendo was in charge of making those. <laughs> like just <laughs> imagine that and you can probably get... Oh, you know what? It looks like a rumble pack for Nintendo 64. Yeah, it does have bit. the same general shape. So basically it would... It's this uh, peripheral that would plug into the cartridge slot on a Game Boy Advance, and it it is a chunky-looking thing, but it has a, a, a slot where you can uh, slide a card through. You can swipe a card through it. The cards you would swipe through were these special um, cards that were roughly... They're like the shape of trading cards, and they exactly had the shape actually. They are exactly. In fact, we're going to talk about how some of them were trading cards. In fact, but yeah. um, they had these proprietary dot codes on them that could store like a few kilobytes of information. Very fine dots, though. If you, yeah, Nick's looking at one I'm, right I'm now. I'm looking at one right now with my they're glasses. They're extremely up like fine man. dots, but um, it, it just looks like somebody like it looks like a skid mark on someone's underwear or something. It's very. It's, it, they're extremely fine, like you a would, mouse's skid marks. Yeah, they, they had to print these at very high quality for it to work. But basically, you would... Joke, error. <laughs> <laughs> but you would swipe a card, and 
they had cards that would do different things. Some cards were standalone games, meaning, and they were very simple games, but they were standalone games, meaning, you know, you would have something the size of a trading card with just like a dot code strip on it, and that was a video game, which is kind of cool. Some of them were intended to unlock additional features in other games, um, and some of them had, you know, uh, other functions as well. So uh, we're going to get into, we'll talk about what the different kinds of e-cards, as they were called, that were released. Um, But I want to talk about a little bit of the history of the e-reader first. So the e-reader was initially introduced at E3 2001, and it was called the Pokemon... I have this here. Pokemon Card E-Reader. That was the initial name of this thing when it was introduced to the public. No way. Yeah. The the intention originally was just that it would work with special versions of the Pokemon trading card game where you could scan them and it would just be like a Pokedex. And that was all it was going to do. They really liked that sort of mechanic. They did that with uh, Pokemon Stadium for N64 where you could plug your cartridge into the the special reader that they made just for Pokemon Stadium. And which people mistakenly assumed, including my own mother, mistakenly assumed was a uh, a Game Boy game player for the <laughs> Nintendo 64. Because you could literally plug any Game Boy game you wanted in there, it just it wouldn't work. Right. Like, the only purpose of it was to offload Pokemon data. But, but this is kind of in that same vein. They, they just weird, separate things that you plug into Pokemon. Even, yeah. the, even the link cable itself is a little bit... Like that. I know you can use it for other things, but that was the main purpose. So. Yeah, I mean, and that was originally the only purpose of this was to was to interact with the Pokemon trading card game. I think they realized at a certain point that um, it was probably going to be an, a semi expensive thing to produce. I think it retailed for like twenty nine ninety nine or something like that. Um, certainly expensive enough that if it was just going to be a Pokedex, no one was going to fucking buy it. Like if. If all it was was you can scan your Pokemon trading card games and you can read the information about that Pokemon that you could also probably read in, like, Pokemon Sapphire or Ruby on your Game Boy Advance, that was probably not going to be an easy sell. So they expanded it and decided, it you know, they were going to market it to do other things, too. And they dropped the Pokemon from the name, and it was just released as the e-reader. Once you... When you start the e-reader... You get a menu, and it just asks, which we have one right here. Um, It just gives you options... Um, scan dot code. You heard that lady. Scan dot code. So you can either scan a code. Load application from Game Boy Advance or Nintendo GameCube. She is wordy. She's she says every menu option. Start application. Save that new reader. Also, this, this banging tune. Yeah, I was gonna say this is actually the music. If it's coming up, if this is coming through well on the microphone, this is actually the music from the reader menu. And for just menu music. Surprisingly, like, it's got a nice beat. It's bouncing. Yeah. I mean, this would not sound this good through a normal thing. I've got it hooked up to a speaker, but... Yeah. Like, through, through shitty, like, 2001 earbuds. <laughs> like, I can just imagine how popping this was. <laughs> wet-ass Game Boy Advance but, shit. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so you... you... <laughs> Joke error. <laughs> <laughs> But you get a menu to scan a card. There's an option for communication. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, when you scan a card, what would happen next, depending on what kind of cards it was or they were that you were scanning? Because we talked about how there were you know different kinds of cards. So um, if you, if it was something that was just like a single game that you were playing um, that was stored on the card, then it would be you know it would just load that game and you could play it. And um, the cool thing about those 
is that they would actually save to the e-reader, so you wouldn't have to rescan them every time. And the cool thing about that is that scanning these cards is kind of a fucking chore sometimes. Because you heard all the errors we had when we first started this trying to uh, trying to scan a card, and that was just one, you know, one card we were trying to scan. Uh, it is kind of particular about how you swipe cards through this whole slot. Um, Do you know if it uses a laser or what? Uh, like it's an what? LED light. It, it's an LED technology that I think was developed by a company called Olympus. Hmm. Um, and they do an, cameras. Yeah. They yeah. have an Olympus camera. Yeah. An Olymp- old one, but yeah. Yeah, and I think they do some other technologies as well. And, and you know, they developed this technology and Nintendo just licensed it from them. Hmm. Um, and the dot code, tech, not just the LED, but the dot code technology, I think Olympus also developed. Huh, um, interesting. Uh, yeah. And then the e-reader itself, since we're talking about that, was a co-development between, I think, Nintendo, HAL Laboratory, and Creatures, which uh, Creatures Incorporated is one of the, like, one of the Pokemon companies. Yeah, I think, yeah, they were, like, half of it. It was, like, uh, Game Freaks and, and Creatures Incorporated or something like that. And I think Nintendo has a stake in it, too. Yeah, and then, um, what was the first one you said? Uh, HAL Laboratory. Yeah, they're the ones that did uh, Smash Brothers and things like that. And Kirby. And, Kirby, yeah. 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 And Adventures of Lolo, but nobody cares about that anymore, even though I fucking love that game. Um, I, love but, it, I love I love Lolo. Um, but anyway, so that's that's if you're scanning um, like standalone games. Now, in terms of what the standalone games actually were, there weren't a lot of them. Actually, I take that back. We're going to talk about some that, that there were released uh, that were quite a few of them. But um, the... The two that seem to be the most famous that people talk about, and they're also the easiest to find, I think, when you're talking about these e-reader cards, are um, Manhole, which is a joke that writes itself, and so I won't. Joke error. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was based on the Game & Watch game, uh, you know, the old LED... Not LED, LCD. LCD, yeah. LCD. It was before LEDs existed. Yeah. Um, the old LCD games, uh, uh, Game & Watch series, Manhole. Um this was basically a port. Of in that. case some of you still don't know what we're talking about, I'm talking about like the uh, crap, like the old Donkey Kongs that like doop 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 doop. Yeah, like or like the ball bottom of the screen or whatever. Octopus was a famous one. Yeah, Octopus was a famous yeah, one. Yeah, the one you know. Um, and so the, this was based on that, and they were actually going to release a whole series of these, but they only released the one because the e-reader turned out not to be a huge hit. All right. So these cards actually just contain the game. Yeah, it just contains the game. That's I think what a, I think what a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around this because you look at it and and we'll post some photos on the Facebook page, yeah. facebook.com slash tipping the turtle, so you guys can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, but they really are just they they just look exactly like trading cards. Um, and they just have dot codes on them, which are basically like barcodes except with dots, but very, very fine dots. And those codes i mean those you know strips of dot codes contain the game that's the whole that's all the game data when you scan this which actually if if there are like much older people listening to this they may actually understand that because that's how old computers used to work programs were stored on punch cards um i'm not sure how old you'd have to be to remember that as like an actually used thing but like i guarantee no one listening to this podcast (laughs) is like oh i remember punch cards. i remember punch cards it's it's similar in My the sense that... My calculator was the size of a garage! <laughs> um, it's similar in the sense that you, you would look at it and not expect that to be data. 
you know, it, it doesn't yeah. look like visually. It doesn't look like this would contain a whole video game on it, but it does. Yeah, we're used to USB drives and e- even right. going back to like CDs, things like that. It's all the same concept, ones and zeros. When you get down to data, right, and it's the same thing with these. These these dots are extremely fine, but they're still dits and dots. You know, right? Spaces, not spaces. Ones, zeros. And they're I'm sure there's some data. data compression going on there too, probably, but yeah. um, some very probably very advanced data compression for its time to fit on this but um but basically you would scan it and like this card the the manhole game and watch collection card um it has two different strips so you would scan one it would recognize you know it would after you make make five attempts and it finally recognizes what the fuck you're trying to do then you would flip it over and scan the other one and then you would play this game on your game boy advance and it would save it to the e-readers the next time you load it up that game's there uh, there was another one called Air Hockey. Technically, it's Air Hockey E. Most of these games have an, they just put an E at the end of the name. It's like huh. it's like the it's like the sixty four of the e reader yeah. series. Yeah. So uh, Air Hockey E, which Nick and I played um, separately because it's one player only, like all these games are, um, was another one that was released, and this was actually given out for free at like Toys R Us and things like this when the e reader came out. You could literally just walk up to the counter at Toys R Us and say. Hey, I want that air hockey e-reader card, and they would just give it to you. Did you do that? No, um, I didn't have this. I didn't have the e-reader when it was contemporary. Like, I didn't have it when it came out. I yeah. bought mine like five years ago. Yeah. So, um, so no, I did not do that. But, uh, but you could. And I bought mine on like eBay because I have. I don't know if I said this, but we have the e-reader here, and I have like a whole stack of cards here that Nick and I were looking through. Um, and I do have the air hockey card as well. So those were the kind of like standalone games. There weren't a lot of them. There was also one that was like a promotional Kirby thing. It's like a slide puzzle, you know, like where you have the the grid and you have to rearrange the portions of the puzzle so it's complete. Oh, I know them well. Yes, it, this it's like the cheapest little like chintzy toy bullshit thing. I was playing with one when I was a kid, and I took all the pieces out and put them all in my mouth, and then for no reason. Spit them all back out, put them all back in the plastic thing, and I noticed one was missing. So my mom took me to the hospital, and we get there, and they're like, oh, there's nothing in you. You're fine. They give me an x-ray. There's nothing. Get back out to the car, and I realize there's supposed to be one missing. <laughs> because that's how slide puzzles work. So uh, sorry about that medical bill. <clears throat> all right, moving on. Um, this was, well, this was a Kirby slide puzzle that was meant to promote the Fox Box uh, cartoon, uh, Kirby Right Back At Ya. Right back at you. That's the name of it. Right back at you. Um, it is what it is. <laughs> Super Mario World. It is what it is. <laughs> um, and it was. I think. I, I think it was another thing you get a, could get at like Toys R Us and a couple of like a Nintendo Power. They did a couple of these where you could get these cards in Nintendo Power, which was kind of cool. Hang on, Wario Land. Live, laugh, love. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Wait, is this we're doing a series of just games with like stupid <laughs> like max colloquialisms? Yeah, yeah, like um Super Mario Brothers. F- uh, fuck, I can't. I have to cut this out now cuz I didn't think of one in time <laughs> cuz I started saying it. That's a really long title for a game. <laughs> joke failure. <laughs> um but anyway, yeah. So, um, so those were like single card kind of things that they released. Um, they also released uh, a series of classic NES games, but they re-released 
in card form. Um, now, the thing is, these strips most of the time contain, like, if you had a long strip and a short strip, because a lot of these cards have two strips on them, you've got, like, less than four kilobytes of data, I think. That's so, still enough for some games. Well, if you compress it, sure, yeah. it's, it's enough for some games. The, the problem is, even, like, small NES games are not going to fit within that. They're not, NES games aren't huge by any means, but they're not that small. They're not that small. So the way that they sold these would be in like packs of five. There'd be five cards with two uh, scannable strips on each card on each side of the card. I think so. Like you might have you would have to do like nine to ten scans of a card, presuming and that's like nine to ten perfect scans that the e-reader recognizes. Um, this sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I've seen people like try to do it, and it just takes forever. Because, you know, you get the read errors, and then you finally get one to work, and you set it aside, and you've got to do the other one, and, you know, there are five fucking cards with, Does you know, it permanently save it to the e-reader when you scan it? It does. It does. Well, not permanently. It saves it until the next time you overwrite that with something else. Okay, so it's just like a flash card. So it, it loads, yeah. basically, I mean, it's not a ROM, but it's loading the game onto the flash memory, or whatever the equivalent right. is, of the e-reader. Like, earlier when we tried it, we had to overwrite the uh, Super Mario Advance 4 stuff. Right, exactly. That you had already on there to put in manhole or whatever it was. Yeah, to put Air it hockey. to put it in the manhole, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it overwrites it, uh, and then it saves it there until the next time you write something over it, which is kind of... When I bought my e-reader, I bought it used from a video game store, um, just like I said, like five years ago or something. Uh, and it already had Donkey Kong Jr. on it. Nice. That somebody else had scanned in. Um, had taken the time to scan like fucking you know ten dot code strips for Donkey Kong Junior, which is not even the best Donkey Kong game out of that trilogy. <laughs> you know, what we should have done before the episode is calculated how many e-reader cards it would be to load like Fallout Four. Somebody, um, somebody did the math. Uh, I don't remember what it came out to, but somebody did the math on like how many cards you would need if you were going to run like the GBA port of Doom. <laughs> like and it's some absurd amount. So uh, Nintendo Power did the math on um, how many cards you would need to store like a GameCube game, and it's like in the tens of thousands. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that that should actually be the replacement for prison sentences in the U.S. It's just having to load something like a GameCube game, <laughs> like via e-reader, and then finally, after like twelve years, when they finally get the scans to to work and it loads on there, that's you at the end of your sentence, and you're just so abysmally bored by having to do this day in and day out every day that you just no longer want to commit crimes or live or live. <laughs> you just want to go home and do something besides scan e-reader cards. You're like, oh, finally. I scanned a Madden 2002 for GameCube. Oh, so glad got that done. You wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and go, Error! <laughs> scan scan error. error! Um... It's but like yeah, your sleep paralysis demon is a Game, <laughs> is a game Boy e-reader just standing over you. Just like sitting on your chest and you're like, no. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, they released like I shouldn't have taken that pot and ended up in jail. I shouldn't have smoked drugs. Um, but they uh, they released 13 NES games on he the used game. an e-reader card to do the lines of coke before he went to jail. And that's uh, you just you had like one of those funny judges. 
<laughs> you know, like, oh, I'll give you an ironic sentence. And like, <laughs> I don't think they have funny judges. <laughs> no, I mean, you like, got one of them funny judges. <laughs> I meant, like, the judge, you know, the fucking... Life plus 15 years, Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean a fucking clown. I mean, like... You know, the judges, they'll, they're like, oh, you're sentenced to wear a sign on a street corner saying you stole stuff or whatever. They give you fucking goofy, like, ancient, like, Middle Eastern judges or something. Like, no, this is a thing. I'll cut your hand off. Have you never heard of this? This is like a thing. They're like judges that are famous for giving sentences to people that are, like, weird and, you know. Are they immediately, like, removed from their office? Because that's probably not the law? No, they're always like controversial but beloved in their community. It's stupid. Oh, like Sheriff Joe Arpaio or whatever. Actually, yeah. You know what? I don't... Guy. You know what? Never mind. I'm not even going to mention that guy because I don't want to end up in his jail where you have to sit in a 120 degree tent. Although technically I, we shouldn't be including him because I said no clowns. Boom! Woo! I'm out of here. Anyway. Fucking uh, <laughs> judge Joe Arpaio shows up with like a gun in one hand and a fucking e-reader in the other. Like I know what you did. <laughs> um. The uh, anyway, fucking e-reader. What the fuck? that, was a, <laughs> that was a fucking tangent. <laughs> How did we do that? Um, continuity error. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced continuity. I know. Why did I say <laughs> continuity? Um. The the. Like, when a lot of people talk, like, we were talking about how ridiculous it is to have to scan that many fucking cards for, like, an NES game. And to be clear, these aren't even, these are mostly, like, early NES games, the really simple ones. So these aren't, like, Zelda or even Super Mario Brothers. These are, like, um, it's still good games, but they're, like, uh, Urban Champion, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Excite Bike was one of them. So the really early games that, you know, would be able to fit on... Because if you tried to put, like, fucking Super Mario Brothers 3 or Kirby's Adventure on these e-reader cards, it would have been, like, 20 cards or more. I mean, it would have been a huge fucking stack of cards. Yeah. So... I'm talking 20 to 40 scans or something like that. Like, yeah. Just a lot. Yeah, so so it's usually... They were mostly, the you know, the earlier, simpler games. Um and that sounds like, okay, well, why would you bother doing that? You know, like, that kind of seems like That's a sort of my question with this whole thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> keep in mind that at the time this came out in 2001, this predates the Virtual Console, predates certainly the, you know, Nintendo Switch Online service. It even predates the classic NES series of GBA cartridge games that were released for the Game Boy Advance. Which means, uh, this may be a better example, it predates the Wii, right? predates the Wii. Yeah. It basically it um my point is they hadn't really started re-releasing NES games the way that they do now. Like you can play NES games easily on every Nintendo console released since and including the Wii. Technically this was the unknown golden era of collecting retro video games when this came out. It really was actually, yeah. yeah. Could, this is a time when we either one of us could have gone into our local game shops and just bought 
Super Mario World for like five bucks. I think I talked about how I used to see like Super Mario Brothers literally for a dime, and I'm not some old man where you know oh, back I could in go- mind, I could get a candy stick for a nickel. Yeah, like, like you can was- still get it for a nickel, you old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was literally just they had s- video game stores had so many copies of that game they just wanted to fucking get rid of them and no one would buy it, so they was selling it for like. 10 cents. Yeah, and contrary to that, people like me that sold their Mega Man complete in box for Super Nintendo mm. were like, oh, this has no value. I'd rather get King Kong on PlayStation 2. <laughs> Peter Jackson's King Peter Kong. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Much uh, more replayability. Uh, do you still have Peter Jackson's King Kong on I PS2? Did, not. did you trade it in for something even worse? I sure <laughs> I did. What could, what could you have done? You, you traded in Mega Man. What would be... What would be, like, the equivalent of... I mean, keeping the same, like, level of going from good to mediocre... Trading, uh, trading in Mega in, Man X 1 through 3 complete in box for Peter Jackson's King Kong. And then trading, trading in Peter Jackson's, Peter Jackson's King, King, Kong King Kong for... Something that's equally as low value. Yeah, that would keep the... Where, like, the trajectory of value stays a straight, uncurved line. What would you have to trade it for? Uh, the used coffee grounds at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's ass hair, like <laughs> yes, a, a used like bib cloth, ha- half of a an e-reader card, and not the half that has a, the dot code on it. Oh God, yep. Or Perfect. like a, an e-reader you tied card, it in. an e-reader card where somebody has sharpied over the dot code. You did it. Yeah. Um, Bringing us back to what we've been... Man, we are having a hard time staying on topic. I don't know if anyone cares. Because, you know, our listeners don't exist. But... <laughs> are you out there? Are you, are you listening Does to anyone us? anyone hear me? Please. Um, anyway. Uh, although, did you see that... Um, Olivia, the our one of our regular listeners, finally broke and was like, "I can't believe you've never seen the Princess Bride." I saw that. Yeah, I was like, "Look, you're gonna have to fucking pace yourself." You know what? <laughs> Way to go, Olivia. Thank no, you. Thank you, know, you so much. No, this. No, we don't need this. Um, so anyway, my point being, this was one of the earliest ways you could replay NES games was through those packs, and they nice. were semi-successful. Um, obviously, you know, after, like, shortly after this, they re-released these NES games on cartridge form, and those allowed you to, like, save your game, and, you know, do, I mean, if the game supported that already, anyway, and even stuff like Excite Bike, you could save your tracks, which you couldn't, your created racetracks, which you couldn't even do in the original NES version. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, so, okay, they became very redundant, um... And they were a pain in the ass to use, but it was still the first way you could really replay NES games on okay. a new for yeah. It's, so not bad. Um, they uh, by the way the reason one reason they did that they re-released NES games on this. I don't know which one is the cause and which one is the effect, but the e-reader has like a built-in NES emulator. Oh, does um, it? Yeah. So it and it accepts because it actually accepts three different types of data that can be loaded from an e-card NES ROMs. Um, Game Boy Advance data, which surprisingly is almost never used, and then direct like ARM processor data. I'm not even sure entirely what that means. I just read that it, it can accept that, which is like what most of the standalone games use. So, huh. so yeah, they they released like full games, kind of full games for the the e-reader that you could play. 
And, you know, I do think it's cool that it's basically a trading card and it's a video game. Like, that is this, you know, little piece of cardstock is a video game as much as, like, an NES cartridge or, like, a CD-ROM is a video game. It's a, this little piece of paper is a video game itself, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, all the problems and weirdness aside, just having a game on a piece of cardboard is yeah. pretty cool. If I... I do want to say, like, as much as we talked and we've made so many jokes about the e-reader voice and things, you know, um, I I think this is like a neat fucking technology so much. It's it's definitely a technology that, when it existed, was like the only time it could have existed. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's a really cool idea, I think, um, and the execution's probably about as good as it could have been for what it is. Because, I mean, again, it's reading, like, thousands of tiny dots. And yeah. then taking that and turning it into binary data that is a fucking video game. They printed a video game on a card. Yeah. If it takes, like, three scans, what do you fucking want? <laughs> <laughs> that tickles a little part of me whenever I was a, a very young kid. I used to uh, take index cards in class, and I'd fold them in half, and I would draw a little Game Boy buttons on them and yeah, stuff, and I was like, draw like little things. Uh, well, one of them I remember pretty distinctly was called Killer, and it was like a crocodile dog rhino monster that I made, <laughs> and then I liked it so much that I made a bunch of sequels, and I went up to like Killer 15 or something, oh, Jesus. and I would like cut out little pieces of them and make, make joysticks and stuff sometimes. It's yeah. pretty cool. So that, that kind of like tickles that little part of me that had like a stack of dumb index <laughs> card games, you know? But yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is a cool technology. Uh, standalone games that you could just scan and then play right on your Game Boy were not the even really the main thing that this was used for. I would say probably the most famous use for the e-reader was providing additional content for games. Specifically other Game Boy Advance games. DLC. Yeah, it was... Cardboard kinda, DLC. DLC, it's... Downloadable cardboard. Whoa! Yeah. Woo. I don't have anything to make sound effects, so I'm just rubbing my fan. Do you what? hear that? No, they don't. That's way too far away. There's no way that's pick being picked up. All also, right. what sound effect were you trying to make by rubbing? You know, your like fan? one of those ratchet things. You could have just done that. <laughs> there you go. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just gonna. A couple games, and we won't talk very much about these because there's one I'm gonna talk at length about and. Nick already knows what it is. But Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, that was a Game Boy Advance game. Um, oh, you know what? Fuck, fuck. Let's back up for a second. Okay. Because so, I do want to talk about the fucking convoluted mess that is trying to use this for additional game content. So right now what we're talking about is there were Game Boy Advance games that you could scan e-reader cards and you could unlock new content on those games. Very cool idea. Very cool idea. Now, you already heard us... If you're not familiar with the e-reader, you already heard us describe that it goes into the game slot for the Game Boy, right? And it doesn't have its own Game Boy Advance game slot on it. Like, it can't act as a pass-through. It just has the little the little slit where you slide the cards yeah, through. Yeah, it's not like a Game Shark where you can plug a game into the actual thing that's plugged into the Game, game Boy. Right. So, if you're using an e-reader, you're occupying your Game Boy Advance game slot, and there's no other way to put a game So how there. do you get it in, Jeff? Well, I'll tell you. You have to have another Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance link cable. 
and you have to connect, and then you have like the whatever game you're getting additional content for, you have that in the second Game Boy. You connect them with the link cable, and then you scan the card in the first Game Boy, and it sends the data to the second Game Boy and unlocks the data in that game. Suddenly I don't feel so bad about comparing it to the 32X. No, it's... I mean, there's there's a lot involved with this. Also, and Nick and I ran into this earlier when we were trying to do something, um, the way that the the form factor of the e-reader is shaped, it will work technically with any device that supports uh, Game Boy Advance cartridges. So Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, I think even the Game Boy Micro, can you can get it to work on that. Um, and the... Uh, It'd probably poke out of the Game Boy Micro. Oh yeah, it would. Yeah. But um, the Game Boy Player for the GameCube... And the Nintendo DS will technically accept it, but you just have to, like, modify your DS a little bit by, like, carving out part of the plastic for this little expansion thing that's on here. We talked about this a little bit in a past episode about Game Genies and Game Sharks. You uh, do a similar modification to get the original Game Genie for Game Boy to fit in a Game Boy Pocket or a Game Boy Color. Right. Um, <clears throat> the... If you're playing... And I helped with, with that point of interest. Um, if you're using this on a Game Boy Advance SP, you can't use the link cable functionality. I won't even get into like the design reasons why. That's hard to explain. But basically there's a component of it that doesn't plug in correctly to the Game Boy Advance SP for, for you to be able to use the link cable. So not only do you have to have two Game Boy Advances, or at least two Game Boy Advance compatible systems, one of them can't be a Game Boy Advance SP, which is probably the most common model at this point of Game Boy Advance. Um, I don't know if I'd say that. People really like the old form factor of the original Game Boy Advance. Yeah, but I think the SP was out for longer. It was out for longer, but nowadays, um, I, I don't know, maybe you don't watch as many of these videos as I watch, but it's, it's actually pretty common for people to, to buy the backlight mods yeah. for their original oh, Game yeah, Boy Advance things. It's really cool, by the way. If you get a chance to do that, it's it's pretty easy. You don't yeah. even need to solder anything. So. Oh, really? I mean, some of them. Like, th there's definitely kits where you solder, but there's other kits where it's just kind of like a, a tape-on kind of deal. Huh. Like, probably not super reliable, but... I had I had that model of a Game Boy Advance. That was the first one I had. We're talking about the one that had like the D-pad on one side of the screen and then the A and B buttons on the other side of the screen. Yeah, kind of shaped um, like a uh, football. Shape, yeah, a little bit, kind of. Um, and I had one of those. That was the first one I had, and then I gave that to my mom when I got my Game Boy Advance SP, which is a badass one that looks like an NES controller, but also uh, doesn't work 100% of the time. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That's It's even like the Nintendo Gray, like yeah. that special shade of gray. Yeah, it's I nice. like that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so you had to hook up two Game Boy Advances um, for it to work. Uh, and some of the games that used this functionality to unlock additional content were like uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, where you could unlock new battles. I think it also, that's how you used the Eon card, which is where you went to this island and you could unlock a couple of exclusive Pokemon. Um, exclusive to the e-reader? Well, exclusive... You had to... Like, I don't think there was another way to get to that island where you could unlock... Maybe there was. It was Latias and Latios. I may be saying it wrong. I've never played those, so I oh. don't know. But Maybe maybe it was... I shouldn't say exclusive then, but you... you the could, reason I'm bringing this up is because if there were Pokemon that were exclusively able to be acquired through the e-reader, there's no fucking way that this would not have blown up at some point. 
The well, the other the funny thing about the Eon card was they never released it like for purchase. You had to they gave it away at a couple of like uh, promotional events. I think. Does that remind you of anything with Pokemon? Oh, Mew. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty much the same. You see kind what of I'm deal. saying? Like pe- people would have bought the shit out of this e-reader if it meant that they got a special Pokemon. Yeah, that's true. Even if it wasn't good, so there um, must have been another way to access it. That's all I'm saying. Possibly. I don't think there was another way to access that island, but maybe you could unlock that Pokemon somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was like a hard to get Pokemon. If anybody knows, email us tippingtheturtlegaming at gmail dot com. We should just occasionally be like clueless about things, even if we know them, and then just beg people to email us to tell us. I'm like. Super Mario, didn't he have a brother? I don't remember. Email us, tippingtheturtlegaming.gmail.com. Please. Please email us. Oh, God, we just want to hear from you. Uh, oh, we just get more and more under the influence of dangerous drugs every minute no one emails us. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Get that dog out of here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, there were some other games with additional content. Uh, I won't go into much detail about them. Uh, there that was segment was rough. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> nice good. Uh, Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire. Joke error. <laughs> Pokemon Pin. Po- Pokemon. Pokemon balls. <laughs> wow. Po- Pokemon. You know what? Continue. When I please when repeat I, what you just when said. I, when I smoke, I only smoke Pokemon cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> Gotta catch cancer, Pokemon. Gotta smoke all eight hundred and thirty-eight. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire, which is actually one game. Um, huh. Yeah, weird that they called it both. Yes, yeah, sort of. All right. Um, that had some additional e-reader content. Um, there were, let's see, F, uh, F-Zero GP Legend had e-reader content only in Japan. Rockman Zero Three had e-reader content only in Japan. And Rockman.exe had e-reader content only in Japan. But Mario vs. Donkey Kong had e-reader content. Hold on to your fucking hats. Only in Japan. Because for <laughs> some reason, the all of these games came out in the United States that I just mentioned. But for some fucking reason, the e-reader content was, like, locked out or blocked because the e-reader was, like, not popular here, so they just didn't fucking bother. You know, Japan tends to really dig those those random peripherals. They really do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, like they always have all these weird peripherals. There's tons of peripherals out there that were never even released in the United States because nobody gave a shit about The them. Famicom Disk System. Yeah, the Famicom Disk System. Nobody's ever even fucking heard of that over here. Yeah. I mean, now, sure, like, some nerds know about it, but, like, back when it was, like, popular, like, everybody in Japan's like, oh, of course, I've got... Famicom Disk Systems. There was a there was like a two or three year period where every Nintendo didn't release Famicom cartridges. All of their Famicom games were on the disk system for like two or three years. Yeah, we and we never even fucking got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the PlayStation One switching to flash drives and nobody knowing about it. Yeah, like play like PS One had flash drives for two years in Japan. It would be like that. That didn't actually happen. No, that, that didn't even happen. But, um, 
But okay, so those were some of the games. This that actually I'd... never happened in any game system. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. But that, those were some of the games with additional content. The big fucking one that I love that had additional e-reader content. That here it comes. Yeah, that I actually this was the main reason I bought an e-reader, and then I also bought a cable, and I just so happened to have a Game Boy Player, so I could use it with that. Even though you know, you gotta I don't throw have... that in every. God, fucking I love episode, my Game Boy Player you? so much. Um. Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, which is the full title of that game. I gotta tell you, if you're confused by that, you're not alone, because I am a fan of all this stuff, and I was confused about it when Jeff got me into figuring this shit out. Confused by the title? Confused by the title of the Mario games that are on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, so the ser- here's how the series yeah, goes. please list off these the series, because I couldn't order. even do it at this point, even though I own all of them. Yeah, in order, it's Super Mario Advance... That's the whole title, which is Super Mario Bros. 2 re-released for the Game Boy Advance. But yeah. it's called Super Mario Advance. The next one is Super Mario World, Super Mario Advance 2. Then it's Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3. Then it's, for some reason, they flip it around, and it's Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Bros. 3. That's the name of Fucking it. Fucking assholes. It's <laughs> a weird name. But it's a... So this game, Super Mario Advance 4, is Super Mario 3 re-released on the GBA um, with, you know, the graphics from All-Stars but made kind of brighter and adjusted a little this bit. This is an excellent version of the game. I will say that of the four Mario Advance re-releases, this is by far my favorite. And I love all of them. But this is a fucking awesome re-release of Super Mario 3. I, we won't... I, I won't talk about this at length, the game itself, because we're talking about the e-reader stuff exclusively, but a fucking awesome... Oh, yeah. It's like, to me, my... I know Mario... This is like the pinnacle version of, of it, actually. It really is. Yeah. Like, if you... if I think at some point we should have an episode where we talk about definitive versions of games. That's a good idea. I, yeah. I really like the Super Mario All-Stars version of this, but when I played the one for Game Boy Advance, I was like, hey... I'm gonna murder Jeff and take his Game Boy player because I really want to play this on a TV because yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It is. Um, the e-reader content uh, was a, there were actually a few different types of e-reader cards they released for this. They released them in packs where like you would buy it and you would get like five cards or something. I think. Plus the game itself came with a card. Um, so they had switches which would you would scan during like normal gameplay and uh, well I think you scanned them on like the world map. Um, but it would switch some game mechanic in a really fundamental way. So you could either have, like, Luigi would get his flutter jump that he's famous for, where he jumps really high, but then he skids all over the place. Um, you could unlock the feature from Super Mario World, where if you shoot an enemy with a fireball, they turn into a coin, because that wasn't in Mario 3 originally. This would allow that to so happen. cool. Yeah, it is. And I think my favorite card, there was one of the Switch cards that you would scan, and it would add uh, the grass from Super Mario Brothers 2. So you could just pl- like pull it and pluck up vegetables that you could throw at enemies. Awesome. Yeah, and it would just add it to all the levels in the game. God, that's so cool. It's so fucking cool. I um, mean, that's almost kind of a weird little like unintended precursor to Super Mario Maker, just a little bit. Just combining, it's combining it's all these combining different aspects. generations of yeah, yeah. Well, and well, that's going to get even more when we talk about uh, a different one of the kind of ultimate types of cards they released for the for Mario Advance Four. That's going to even get more into that territory. But uh, they also had cards that would unlock power ups. 
Um, that I think would just get added to your item inventory. Can you do it over and over? Or just once? I think it's like once per save file or something, maybe. I don't know. Um, And so you would scan it, and it would add like five star men, or you would get like a one-up or something. The coolest one is, and I don't have this card, unfortunately, but they had the feather from Super Mario World. the, The cape feather. Damn. Yeah, so you could have, in addition to having the raccoon leaf, which turns you into, you know, raccoon Mario, you could also get the cape from Mario World. Um, they had some. They also had some cards that would unlock, unlock, like, demo videos where they would show you how to beat a level or how to do a trick or something and whatever. But the coolest one was the additional levels because they had a whole separate, like, you had your three save files, but there was a separate save file called World E, and you would go into that one, and it was like a whole separate little map. And you could scan these special level cards that would unlock new levels, like new Super Mario Brothers 3 levels in the game. And they would include stuff like the Cape Feather from Mario World would was in a few of them, I think. Um, and obviously, like, the stuff you would normally see in Mario 3, like enemies from Mario 3 and stuff. But also, like, Charge and Chucks from Mario World were there. Damn. Some of the levels had the grass from Mario 2, like I talked about. Uh, The one-way gates from Yoshi's Island. What? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just so much fucking cool stuff um, on these levels. That's insane. You know, that's something that right now, if a game came out, you would pay like 20 bucks for that DLC. Yeah, you would, and it would be like released in chunks or something. Yeah. Okay, granted, you probably would end up spending more than 20 bucks on these cards, like, on the packs of cards to get all these levels, but it is still so fucking cool. Did they come in booster packs? They came in, um, yeah, basically, like, little, just like you would buy trading cards, like, just in packs of cards. And they were just randomized? You know, I don't know if they were randomized. Oh, shit. I don't know that, actually. Man, it would have been smart if they were, especially if they had different levels. Yeah. Holy shit. The game came, at least if you bought it at Walmart. I don't know if this was the case everywhere else. I bought mine at Walmart, so I had, um, it had a, like, a level card that I think was, like, exclusively a Walmart level. I thought you said you didn't own this back in the day. I didn't own the e-reader. I bought you bought the carts? No, I bought Super Mario Advance 4, like, the fucking day it came out. And it came with a card that I could do nothing with because yeah. <laughs> I didn't have an e-reader. Gotcha, gotcha. But um, the cool thing about this is this: a lot of people are under the impression, especially with Mario Advance 4, that the levels are already on the cartridge and you're basically just p- paying for a card that swipes and unlocks them. That's honestly what I thought, too. Not true. The level data is on the e-cards, on the, de- on the dot codes. So in so theory... Crazy. Yeah, in theory, Nintendo could have just kept releasing these for as long as they wanted. They could have continued to add new levels to this game just infinitely. So fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, now you can accomplish the same thing with Wi-Fi, but... Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. That's kind of the reason why this will never exist again. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, it was, you know, it was a very cool technology considering... Again, that it's just cardboard, but it it contained data to unlock all these new worlds. Um, Some of them included, I think there were like five that were just straight levels from Super Mario Bros. 1, but remade in um, Super Mario Advances 4 style. Nice. Yeah. Um, So it was very cool. We didn't get all the cards in North America. You don't say. Yeah, because the e-reader, like I said, was not a huge success here. It was very popular in Japan and continued to be supported there until the the end of the GBA life cycle. 
but we didn't get all the cards here, so there were... We didn't get most of them, I think. I think there were like 32 or 36, something like that, um, levels that were released in total. You know, I wonder if, uh, to my point earlier, how they seem to enjoy all the like crazy peripherals. I wonder if that's because a lot of that stuff is manufactured in that region of the world, so they don't actually have to like ship it overseas or anything, so there's no additional costs that's just already there. So I'm not they sure. just take a, a chunk of it and like put it in local markets or whatever. That might be like maybe it's a little that's less expensive. Yeah. Just I don't know. Um I feel like maybe we're just impatient and we don't want to scan like five cards to play a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna get a triple decker burger instead. Oh yeah. <laughs> look at me, oh if there's if there are two things that the world knows about Americans is that we love eating large hamburgers and we hate scanning cards for video games. <laughs> Those are the two stereotypes of Americans. If I wanted to scan and check myself out at the grocery store, I'd order from Amazon. I'll tell you one thing. If I want to play me a classic NES video game like Urban Champion, I'm going to do it on a cartridge and not on a bunch of daggum cards. I feel like you're giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many... Video games... <laughs> Get out there and nail that catfish to the tree. Nail a catfish to a tree? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to let you have that Go one. Go on. Um, one cool thing here is that the... Um, I mentioned we didn't get all the cards. And by the way, the cards are region locked. Like, the, what? Yeah. The Game, Boy Advan- the Game Boy Advance system is not region locked. You can play on, a ga- on an American Game Boy Advance. You can play Japanese games or whatever the fuck you want. The e-reader technically isn't region locked. Like A Japanese e-reader will work and turn on on a Game Boy Advance uh, from North America or, or Europe or wherever. But um, the cards are fucking region locked. God, man. <laughs> so you can't use a Japanese... Stupid fucking region locks. Yeah. So you can't use a Japanese e-reader card on a North American e-reader. One of my favorite authors of all time, Ian M. Banks, he makes the best sci-fi series ever. I can't listen to a full 60% of his audiobooks because they are not licensed for this region. Yeah. It's... You can't even... I would never pirate them, but you can't even do so. Because no one has, because nobody likes this guy. Because, of course, it's somebody that nobody likes enough to to just go on. Go to the next point. (laughs) You could just move to a country where Scotland, man. Let's move to Scotland. Yeah, sure. Like, move there temporarily to listen to the fucking books and then move back. And I'll have to fly there every Thursday night that we record. Where am I going to get my triple-decker burgers and nail catfish to trees in Scotland? <laughs> I have to nail the goddamn Loch Ness Monster to a tree instead. <laughs> Come here, Nessie! Woo! Do you, think there's some, do you think there's some idiot out there that just thinks that Loch Ness Monsters are just like a common, <laughs> a common thing in Scotland? Like, I don't want to go there and get messed up by some Loch Ness Monster. Yes. Oh, 100%. They I know show, those people they exist. They just show up with, like, a rifle. They're like, I'm going to go Loch Ness monster hunting. Where can I find me a Loch Ness monster? And someone's like, Loch Ness. It's in Loch Ness, but also, no, it's not. <laughs> Somebody get this man a map to the gift shop. <laughs> Sean Connery. It's the whole island, Sean Connery. <laughs> the only person that lives in Scotland is Sean Connery and his clones. Um... Another uh, another cool e-reader product. Freedom! I, 
right. I have never learned how to transition on this show. We're just like, anyway, e-reader, fucking, I don't know. Um, well. <laughs> that was your response? <laughs> well. Well, you're the one that doesn't know how to transition. You're giving me weird vibes. That's true. Anyway. Um, Mar- okay, so there was a... Uh, God damn it. Was there, <laughs> was there something you were going to share? Another cool use of the goddamn e-reader uh, was a Mario Party-themed board game slash card game called Mario Party E. This thing sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Have you heard about this? No, you just told me earlier. And then, oh, I did tell I, you about it. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty cool concept, so I was waiting for you to bring this up. Well, technically, sounds, you have heard about it. it. Sounds cool. Yeah, technically. For me, like two hours ago. Um... So, this was a, a card game and, like, a board game, kind of, but I think the board is even sort of optional, um, that was themed around Mario Party, and every now and again you would draw a card, and it would have, um, you know, the dot code strip on the side, so it was an e-reader card, and you could scan it into an e-reader, and you could play a mini game, kind of like you would in Mario Party. It would be a one-player mini game, because there's, like, no way to do two players with this. Very thing, cool. Very cool, though, yeah. Like, as part of a Mario Party card game, you can play mini-games on a Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. From the cards that you're playing with. That's um, even better than the Gargoyles VHS game that was the same every time, but you pretended it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of things are probably better than that, Nick. That sounds awful. <laughs> Never heard of it, but yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> some of you have. Come on. Yeah, someone will... Gaming at gmail.com. Yeah, email us all Technically, they were Gargoyles games, so this counts. Email us all of your fond memories of the Gargoyles VHS game. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, you know, the, it was a card game, and the, the cards were optional. Like the e-reader portion was optional, so if you didn't have an e-reader, you could do something else instead. And I think it was always like chance-based stuff. But the e-reader games are kind of fun. Um, I've played a few of them. There's like one where. Uh, you're Mario sitting in a boat and you have to catch like a certain type of fish like there are three different kinds of fish swimming underneath your boat and you have to release your um, line at just the right time for it to go down and grab the right kind of fish that Peach has told you to catch because Peach apparently is super fucking picky and she's like I want an orange fish and you're like well there's like a bunch of different kinds of fish and she's like I want a goddamn orange fish so you have to catch the orange fish what a Loch Ness monster. <laughs> yeah, there's a Loch Ness monster that comes by and you grab it by the neck and pull it up. Um, so that was kind of cool. And I think the thing I like about that is it was, I think, a good look into if this had become more popular, the different ways it could have been implemented. Because this is where you start getting into like a real world physical game, but it has like video game components to it. And that's cool, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could have gone to, like, RFID technology, mm-hmm. like, near-field communication, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all these things. Like, yeah. they could still do something cool like this, but, I mean, everything's interconnected now, so you don't really need to. I mean, yeah, we can play mobile games from anywhere in the world together, so. Yeah, I mean, if, if somebody tried to, you know, post to Nintendo, like, hey, let's make a board game that has, you know, some kind of connectivity with a Switch, they'd be like, why wouldn't we just make it a game on the Switch? Like, I don't think Nintendo would go... I don't know, maybe Nintendo still would go for something like this, actually, because they fucking love this shit. <laughs> Is this a Loch Ness monster in, like, a trench coat? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. What? I just ima- I'm imagining, like, a Loch Ness monster in a trench coat proposing this idea to Nintendo. Oh. Okay. 
Well, the Loch Ness monster would be behind on the technology, right? Because of the fact Look, that it's... this thought occurred to my brain, and it was so funny I had to say it out loud. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like barely concealing its identity as the Loch Ness monster. Is this like when somebody has a horrible nightmare and they have to immediately tell somebody about it? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my life is a waking nightmare. Yes. <laughs> um, Joke error. <laughs> You know, I think we've been doing that wrong, because I'm pretty sure the beep happens first. I know it does. I'm purposely doing it out of sorts so that it bothers you. <laughs> Sorry. Which is... I was waiting to see how many times it would Wait a minute, that's a meta-joke error. Meta-joke... Nope, sorry. <laughs> meta-joke error. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go, bookend. Yeah, you did, a, you did both. Um, the, last, uh, the last application of this that we'll talk about, um, of the e-reader was in the Pokemon trading card game. So there was a period of time... This, to me, is the coolest. I, I thought you might... This this is neck and neck with the Mario Advance 4 stuff for me. Um, but the uh, they released, for a few years, I think, the Pokemon trading card game had, uh, went through what was called the e-card series. And so, just like it sounds, this is where you know you would buy... Pokemon, I'm picking one up like you can fucking see it. Um, you would buy. It looks exactly like all Pokemon cards have ever looked from any oh. series. The back has the exact same thing. The front has the same kind of style. I'm assuming there's a special. I actually know a lot about these and grading them and stuff. Um, looks like they changed them up a little bit since uh, since the original ones to make these look like special or something. But like the the little code strip is down at the bottom. The dot matrix strip. And then uh, you've got a special... I'm guessing that's the special. That's just like a little... Yeah, there's a little e-reader logo on yeah. the bottom to let you know that it's an e-card. But yeah. um, but you can still use this in the in the trading card game for anybody interested. It's got a couple of... This is Magnemite that we got here. We've got 40 HP. It's got the all yeah. the normal stuff that you would see on a Pokemon card. Yeah. So And, I mean, this card, I, I picked this up on accident. I actually just bought, like, a pack of random Pokemon cards from uh, Flea Market. And it was like, you know taped so you couldn't it was like one of the uh plastic cases and it was taped so you couldn't see what cards except for the one that was on top yeah, nice. uh, and then this just happened to be in there and at the time i just looked at it i was like oh it's got like some kind of e-reader functionality i have no idea what that is and i owning an e-reader still didn't bother to like check it out until literally earlier today to see what it was um but they had they released these cards and it was they were like the you know e-reader cards like this as just part of the regular Pokemon trading card game. So like you said, even if you had no interest in the e-reader, didn't own one, didn't care about it, they were still just Pokemon cards. Yeah. You you And the little dot strip is so kind of down at the bottom and it's so inconspicuous that you might not even notice. If you had care. showed me that and were like, hey, look at this Pokemon card I found, because I know that you've been recently getting into this, um, I would have just looked at it and not known what the fuck it was. Yeah. It, I mean, I just, just would have been like, oh, Pokemon card, okay. Yeah, it just, Magnemite, pff, that sucks. Get it on my face. I like Magnemite. I like Magneton. I like Magnazone. Is that a is that a Pokemon? Yeah, he's it's it's what Magna uh, Magneton evolves into. Back in my day, we played red and blue. And <laughs> we liked it. And them candy sticks was a nickel. Anyway. And I could buy Super Mario Brothers for a dime. So they released these e-reader cards. <laughs> um, most of them, if you scanned the, the strip, it would just give you, like, Pokédex data. Which was the original intent, if you remember, 
of the e-reader in the first place. Yeah. Was to just be a po- basically a virtual Pokedex. Uh, so most of them, if they do that, like this one we scanned earlier, and it just shows you, or I scanned, I don't think I showed you, because I don't fucking care, no. but I scanned Thanks it. for caring. Yeah. I scanned <clears throat> earlier, and it just has a Pokedex entry uh, for Magnemite. I don't know which game it comes from. I know it's the exact same entry that he has on Pokemon Go. That's all I know. I recognize the text. I don't um, think they actually changed the Pokedex entries for any of the Pokemon throughout the entire series. They've always just been one. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh, wow. Um, I could be wrong about that. Please correct me. Tipping the triple gaming. <laughs> Again, we're just going to get shit wrong on purpose now. Um, I'm pretty sure if you get all the Pokemon, you get a golden Loch Ness monster trophy. Tipping the turtle gaming. Jim on the Let us know if we're wrong about that. Um, but what was cool is some of the cards uh, had some different functionality. There were, for instance, certain cards that if you scanned, uh, scanned them together... And it would range from, like, two specific cards to, I think some of them need as many as seven. But there would be certain cards that if you scanned them um, together, they would unlock mini-games that you could play. And I was telling Nick about some of these Fucking earlier. Cool. Yeah, like, there's there's one called Fire Hoops. I think you scan a Rapidash card and an Oho. Um, you mean Ho-O? Ho-O. I always, I always want to say Oho because Ho-O sounds fucking weird to me. Yeah, so I, I don't actually know any of these. I don't know any Pokemon beyond Red and Blue. But I know Ho-Oh for some reason because I specifically got corrected. Because I believe I said it the exact same way that you're saying it, oh uh-huh. And then my sister was like, no, it's Ho-Oh. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's stupid. That sounds stupid. Yeah, but it's, but it is. It's Ho-Oh. Ho-Oh. That, that's like the one that looks like a rooster that's on fire or something. Correct. It's not on fire, but it's like a big it's like a red bird and orange yeah. bird looking. Yeah, yeah. Looks like one of the racist crows from Dumbo, but it's red. Also, maybe it is on fire. I don't remember now. But anyway, yeah, who you, the fuck knows? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You scan those two cards, and you get a game called Fire Hoops, which is you you're a rapid ash, and you jump through hoops, and it's kind of fun. Um, and there were several others, which you wouldn't well. be able to play unless you had these cards right? yeah, unless you had those two specific cards yeah because the data for them was stored on like the long strips and you needed both cards and then there was another God, one Pokemon mu- is the master of making you collect shit they really are holy shit um if you had the Machop Machoke and Machamp cards uh which came with E-Reader by the way I forgot to, I don't even think I mentioned this in my uh, outline that I have in front of me here huh. um but Machoke Machop and Machamp all uh were included with the E-Reader along with um the Manhole game no shit yeah nice uh, so if you scanned all three of those cards you played a game called Machop at work where you played as Machop and there were boulders that would come flying at you and you just had to break them and depending on how well you did you might evolve into Machoke or to Machamp wow yeah by the way, Machamp, I'm going to go ahead and say right now. Uh, well, Goro. Also, I think my favorite Pokemon. Because yeah. he looks like Goro, and he's like a wrestler dude. Kind of. I mean, he has the, the belt that's clearly a championship wrestling belt. Now, now here's the question, though. Uh-huh. Is that part of his natural evolution, or do, as soon as they evolve, do the trainers just slap the, the wrestling belt on him? You know, okay... I'll, I'll see your question about Machoke and Machamp's evolution and raise you a question about what the fuck's up with Slowbro. He has, like, a shelter on his tail, right? Yeah. Okay, how does that... Does that just appear when he evolves? Like, it just... A fucking... Sh- another species of animal... Easy. ...appears off of his tail? I know you've at least seen one new Marvel movie that has Thor in it. 
Yes. Okay. You know how when Thor sticks his hand out and Mjolnir comes to his hand no matter where he is? You think a shelter? That's right. A shelter is Mjolnir. <laughs> it just attaches to his ass? The shelter detaches from its like little coral reef or whatever it's sitting in. And it's like, uh, oh, it's evolving. A slow bro's evolving. And then it just flies through the fucking atmosphere. In fact, a lot of times if there's a lot of trainers in one place, it actually causes a weather event where there's all these shelters that come through the sky just traveling towards those slow bros that are evolving. Is this is this canon? Or did you just make this I up? I made this up. I like it. That's a good explanation. <laughs> you know what? I can live with this. Okay. This really was like... I don't know. The other day I thought of this because I was playing Pokemon Go. And I evolved a slow, a slow poke into a slow bro. And I'm like, the fuck is up with this? Like, There's actually a bunch of those, though. Like, um... Cubone. Yeah, he has the. Uh, he has his mother's skull, which as a is mask. the fucking darkest thing ever in a it's Nintendo very game. Yeah, yeah, and well, he weeps. Also... The skull, the skull has is stained from the eyes because yes, he cries, because he cries constantly because he's longing for his dead mother. Don't ever look up the fucking ghost Pokemon backstories then, because a lot of those are just tortured spirits that are just in perpetual torture, living inside of your goddamn Pokeball. You just carry carry around endless suffering in your Pokeball. Like, the, it's already just a suffering entity, and then you're like, I'm gonna suck you into my Pokeball and trap you, and it's like, oh good, I thought existence couldn't get worse, but now it did. Yep. But anyway, Pokemon's fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, the trading card game, you could unlock cool mini-games. Um, there were actually a few you could scan, and it would unlock like an additional move that you could use during the trading card game. So like, if you had an e-reader handy connected to your Game Boy Advance, you could scan a card, and it's like, oh, now I can do this attack that does additional damage. But A, that was 100% never allowed in Pokemon tournaments, apparently. And B, I bet even amongst friends... If you came over with your, like, e-reader, your friend was immediately like, okay, hold on, fuck you, you're not getting to use your special fucking e-reader moves here. Well, the thing is, you're not just walking in with an e-reader. E-reader? <laughs> e-reader. You're not walking in with you're your e-reader. Nail a catfish to a tree. You're walking in <laughs> with an e-reader that's attached to a separate Game Boy Advance with a link cable that goes into your Game Boy, right? Well, in this case, for these cards, you wouldn't, you don't have to have it connected to like a Pokemon game. It's just the e-reader and the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, but if you're fighting your friends, though. No, this is playing the Pokemon trading card game. Oh, this yeah. is like in the trading card game. This is you're having oh, a fuck trading. That. Nobody's gonna fucking let you. Exactly. Do that. No yeah. one's gonna be like, oh sure, you can use your move that requires a thing your mom bought you for fucking thirty dollars and I didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure nobody in trading card games ever spends a lot of money on the most elite shit. <laughs> I'm talking about b- between <clears throat> your like just fucking buddies though. Yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. Yeah. There, I'm sure there was some asshole that always brought the e-reader, and someone's like, "Come on, man, that's not fair." <laughs> you know, there's, there's. I don't want to talk forever about this, but like one super quick thing, I was into trading card games pretty heavily, Pokemon, uh, Magic: The Gathering, things like that. Um, I ran into. You many- were saying that the way people talk about like being into drugs when they were younger. Like I was into trading card games pretty heavily when I was younger. It's true. It's a dangerous world. It is a drug. <laughs> um, no, but but like, even if you did. 
somehow acquire a really rare or like powerful card or something, a lot of times, as soon as you walked in the room with it, your friends would be like, we're not allowing like super rare cards. <laughs> so like, you, you could have this fucking awesome card that you just happen to acquire in a booster pack or like you traded somebody, you like spent a lot of time finding it or something. And then you walk in there and like, oh, yeah, well, we're cutting it off at this certain level. And you're like, oh, this thing that I have that's cool, I can, it's like useless. We're cutting this off at uh, what level is that card? The level right below that, we're cutting it off of that. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah. 13 year old logic. I never played trading card games when I was younger. I've only really, even despite the fact that I bought some Pokemon cards, not like a lot, but I bought some, I've only really ever played the game like once with my daughter. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of experience in that realm. So I'm sorry that you had such a hard time growing up and that was the worst part of your childhood. Yeah, definitely the worst part. <laughs> um, Cut just, to me watching catfish being nailed to a tree. <laughs> I just didn't have a good joke to segue out of that, so that was what I went with. You and your transition exactly. I know, man. I can't. Jesus. I cannot fucking move from one topic to another. Um... So the e-reader had some cool functionality, yeah. uh, obviously. We talked about, I mean, again, we've joked about some of the negatives, and there were definitely some negatives, and that's probably why this uh, was discontinued and not too terribly long after it was introduced in the United States. I think it was discontinued in, like, 2004. Um, continued to be supported in, in Japan for a while. Never released in Europe at all. Europe didn't even get it. Um, but... Uh, it, it, I think it was still a really cool technology. I will say one neat kind of postscript to all of this is that Super Mario Advance 4 was eventually, I think in like 2016, re-released for the Virtual Console on the Wii U. And it included all of the like 36 e-reader levels oh, built into yeah. the game. Awesome. So if you had a, a Wait, Wii... Wait, there were 36 of them? Something like that, yeah, Jesus 36. Christ, and we didn't even get most. Of, we didn't even get most of them. Jesus. In North America, yeah, but it had all of the e-reader levels built into the game, so you could you you know had them that all there and you could play man. them. Yeah, it's, that's like it's the fantastic. lost levels. God damn, thirty six. That's like that's a game close to an entire game. Yeah, it's awesome. Shit, are and they it, fun? Oh yeah, they're all really good. Oh, man, I don't think a single one of them sucks. You got me sold on that shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's a legend that you can find the ROM somewhere online. And that legend is true. Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, um, anyway. Um, I'll, I'll make sure you acquire that through legal means later. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but anyway, so they, you know, the e-reader levels, I mean, clearly that was, like, enough of a draw. Because that even made news. Like, video game news sites were like, hey, this has got released. Holy shit. So, I mean, obviously people remembered... At least the hype around that enough that when it was that when they re-released Mario Advance Four, you know, fifteen years later or whatever it was, that was still a draw for people. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's just like I hate to keep using Fallout as an analogy, but it's the main game that I've ever played that has DLC. Right. So, like, if anybody's played Fallout out there, like, it's as if you're taking. Nuka World from Fallout 4 which is a huge giant expansion that comes with the game it's a DLC it's as if at some point you had to access that through some means that was then technologically just phased out and you could never access it again unless you went to some retro game store and found a yeah. little peripheral or something 
this is a horrible example. I'm just saying, like, you're missing, like, this huge, awesome portion of the game if you don't have this random-ass fucking little slidey card business, <laughs> you know? That was another working title for the e-reader, was slidey card business. Slidey card business. Um, but, yeah, and it's, you know, so it's very cool that it was re-released that way. Um, also, like, people in Mario Maker, so the first Super Mario Maker, I don't know, they probably also done in 2, uh, like, remade all the levels. to very Before that was released. I don't remember who it was before or not, but to varying degrees of fidelity to the original game, because you're working in Mario Maker, so there's like only so much you can do. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome feature. I, 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 the way I feel about this, I'm going to go off and describe another technology for just a second, but I promise I'm coming back to this and I have a point. All right. Video game kiosks, where you could bring like a cartridge or a disc or something for a video game console and have it programmed with the game you wanted was actually a thing in Japan for a while. The Famicom disc system had it where you could bring a disc to a kiosk and write the game you wanted. Like you could choose, oh, I want to play baseball and it would write baseball to it. Um, They also did the same thing in Japan with I think the Super Nintendo and the Game Boy where you could, uh, through the Nintendo Power Service there, and it would write the games to the actual game medium. You could just take it home, plop it in your Super Famicom, and play. Plop you know, it in. Plop it in. <laughs> That's. Um, you just. Have you tried blowing the flaps? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All clean. <laughs> but no, you get you get. And then like a flesh thing comes up and grabs the cartridge. Like and put tendrils it in. come up, like. <laughs> The Super Famicronenberg. <laughs> All right, go ahead. The Super Cthulhu, um, but it, but you know you could you could take physical medium, and you could take a physical medium and take it somewhere and write a game to it and bring it back home. They even tried this in North America with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred of all things. What the fuck? Yeah, way predating the Famicom Disk System. Um, no like shit. <laughs> like in I think like Oklahoma City and Tulsa or something like a very limited market they tried this and it didn't really catch on in Oklahoma City and Tulsa like yeah like a weird nothing market. catches on there yeah but um so maybe sunburn yeah <laughs> nailing catfish to trees nailing catfish to trees um but they you know my my point in bringing that up is. To me, that is an awesome technology. As somebody who likes physical medium for uh, physical medium for a video game, physical media, I should say, is the plural. Um, I, I think that's an awesome idea, and it's an idea that absolutely can never happen again. Well, nope. never fucking happen. And it's a shame that it didn't catch on in North America, because that means like we missed the window when that was a possible thing for us. Yeah. Um. That's the way I feel about the e-reader. It didn't catch on in North America for all of its problems. It's a very cool technology, I feel like. It's a, just a neat kind of thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, come on. You're, you're taking a piece of cardboard. You're taking a trading card. And you're sliding through like a credit card reader looking thing. Uh-huh. And it's giving you this exclusive shit, especially the levels. Yeah. In Super Mario Advance 4. I mean, come on. There are so many things that could have been done with this. You know, they they could have special characters in Mortal Kombat games and or you could other just fighting dis- games, like, and you could distribute that shit through magazines. It could be a it could yeah, be a promotional thing. Some little, could, little goat glue things like slap to a magazine page and like peel it off. 
Yeah, slide it up right next to the Victoria's Secret ad that has the scratch and sniff. That's gross, but yeah. Victoria's Secret is not a perfume company. Oh, that's true. I was... (laughs) Alright. I'm going to say Chanel, because that is. So change my answer to Chanel. Your answer? (laughs) Yes, my answer to the the obvious question that was implied by what you were saying. Alright, fine. Point is... Scratch the suit and get it. But it was a it was it was an awesome technology that had a window during which it could have existed and it did not take off during that window in North America and we're never gonna see it again. Because nope. the Game Boy Advance was the last handheld console that didn't have any internet connectivity. Damn, you're right. Yeah. Technically things came out before it that did. Right, but it was Dreamcast, the last No Sega handheld console. What, you've never held a Dreamcast in oh, your hands? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> the last handheld that didn't have internet connectivity, because the next generation after this, it's the DS and the PSP. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, DLC really replaces any sort of, like, card scanning functionality that's what I've had. Like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, because the main function, the main two functions of the e-reader were adding additional content and playing small games. And internet connectivity basically replaces both of those functions. You know, you can download small games. You can download, obviously, DLC. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it was a very cool technology, and we're never going to see anything like that again. Because it is impractical. I mean, if if Nintendo released something like the e-reader for, like, the Switch, people would be a little pissed off about it. (laughs) Wait a minute. If they released some cardboard-based... Thing this is the not the same thing as Labo. I wonder if people... This is not the same thing as Labo. <laughs> it's literally cardboard. They're it's selling cardboard, cardboard boxes, boxes motherfucker. The, the e-reader is not cardboard. <laughs> they are selling cardboard boxes, though, and people were fucking excited about it. People were, oh, Labo, this is such a great experience. I'm like, oh, man, Nintendo. <laughs> you sure know how to get us, don't you? <laughs> People bought it, man. They loved it, too. People loved it. it. No, they love it. There's YouTube channels dedicated to Labo. Yeah. I don't fucking understand it. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's great. I've never used it. I have one last question on these. Oh, the e-reader? Can you pirate them? Easily. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) Okay, Because I was thinking if you just had a high-powered enough scanner... Yeah. You could scan those little dotties... That's little dotties. Scan those little dotty guys. Scan those little dotties there. Scan those dotty boys. Um, Yeah, it's so. That's also probably one of the reasons. I mean, not that we would ever do that. I'm just no. We would never condone piracy of any form. They're very easily pirated. If you have, I think you have to print them off at like a thousand DPI. That's a lot of DPI. It's a lot of DPI, but there are consumer grade printers that can handle that. Um. So if you print it off at like I think it's a thousand DPI, that's good enough to get the the fidelity on the dot code. So yeah, and it's also not terribly difficult to find high resolution images of some of especially the more popular cards. Although I couldn't find one of uh, of manhole or when I was looking for it. Not that I needed it. Um, <laughs> you needed God to, damn it! You I just to, realized what I said. You needed to find a high resolution picture of manhole. Yeah. Is that I, it? <laughs> 
Maybe my problem was I went to Google and I, I did a you Google type high search. resolution manhole. High resolution manhole images. And I'm like, hmm, this is not what I was looking for. <laughs> no, high resolution manholes with dots. <laughs> Even worse. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you can find them somewhere. But the point is that it, it, it would be very easy to pirate these. In fact, if I do post pictures of any of these, I probably need to blur out the dot codes. Yeah, so it's technically yeah. not piracy. Yeah, we should do that. Um, so yeah, that's probably also not something that you should Nintendo just take was. like a grainy old resolute, like an old digital camera style, like 144p photo of it. Oh yeah, like get on like my Motorola Razor. Oh, take shit. a take a you picture know, I, of that. Even even to this day, when I hear someone say the words Motorola Razor, I think, ah, too expensive for me. I could never afford it. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's like the most basic, stupid track phone in existence is like a thousand times more powerful than that fucking thing now. Oh, man. That was all, my f- all the rich people own Razors. That was my first phone was a Motorola Razor. Wow. Yeah. Rich motherfucker. No, it was after. It was like... I mean, it was still a current model phone, but there were definitely better phones yeah. than that on the market. My very first phone, this uh-huh. is off topic and really stupid to close out the podcast with, but was one of those indestructible Nokias. Really? It had Snake on it, yeah. Oh, wow. My, I think my dad had one of those or something. I think we had something like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't think it was the... the precise exact model but it looked identical to it yeah. and it was made for track phone so huh. pretty neat I played Snake incessantly when I was supposed to be working yeah I'm nice. sorry giant corporation I used to work for who was it just name drop him I was 16 who was it just guess McDonald's no oh okay well then what I can't betray my former employer just fucking, I want to know whose money you stole. It's the statues of, statute of limitations has definitely had to expire by I'm now. I'm just kidding. I didn't play games on work hours when I worked for a large grocery store chain. Uh, let's see. Large grocery store chain. Was it IGA? Yeah. Was it IGA? No. Oh, <laughs> IGA doesn't exist around here. Oh. Anymore. Um, yeah. It did a long time ago. Um, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> this is about e-readers. This is about e-readers. Jesus Christ. This is this now, is the part of the podcast where we talk about Now we're devolving stores. into old men for real. <laughs> well, I remember there used to be an IGA around these parts back in my day. Remember the IGA over there on Main Street? <laughs> That's a sex store now. I still go there sometimes. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> End this podcast, Jeff. I still sell cucumbers, oddly enough. Alright. Fucking anyway. God, man. The reader. <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. One of these days. One of these days. Slide you through that fucking e reader. <laughs> and what will happen? The error. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to do one more little encore of the one, error let's, message? Let's do code? one more, yeah. Right, hang on. Alright, this will close out the podcast. Okay, ready? Read error. Right, let's see if we can get it to read. Okay, hold on. We're going to try this until we can get... Uh, I'm doing the manhole card. I might as well. Yeah, might as well. Um, since that's what you want. God damn it. Go man. ahead. That was fucked up. Okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Oh, wait, i got to press the <gasps> This is riveting content. <laughs> 
Breed air. Fuck. Breed air. Motherfucker. Breed air. Just remember, you, you just spent like $20 on this piece of cardboard. Well, this one was, this one would have been I free. I realize that. I'm yes. just saying, like, if you'd bought it. Breed air. Actually, they, uh, like the NES game sold in packs for like five bucks. Okay, well, you just spent your fucking allowance Breed on air. it. Breed air. That was like five bucks in 2001 money, which is like... Five dollars. A million dollars of COVID money. Breed air. Motherfuck this thing. Are you serious? This worked earlier. Hey! We did... That was one. We gotta do the other one. It's like egging you on now. Yeah, I gotta scan the other one. Here we go. Breed air. Motherfucking piece of shit. God damn it. Hey! Hey, you did it! At least it gives you like a really awesome... Here's... So here's something else that's uh, funny about the manhole card, and then we'll leave, is when you scan it... And then we'll leave. Like, (laughs) we've like busted into their house or or their car, and we're like, we have to record a podcast in front of you right now, and you're forced to listen to us. (laughs) There's a a scared family in the room with us right now as we're recording this, just waiting for Like, every time they try to get up, we're like pointing a gun at them, like, sit back down. Sit back down. Cut that out, Jeff. Sit back down. Talking to the police, they're like, they just kept talking about manholes and Loch Ness Monster. Monsters. Catfish. One of them was really trying his best, and I kind of feel bad for him. He was trying to do a Sean Connery impression, but he just kept fucking it up. <laughs> oh, when you scan this one, it, it's the title on the e-reader screen is "Manhole Old" for some reason. You know that really ties things together. It does. Yeah. All let's, right. Let's end this goddamn travesty. <laughs> Next week we're going to talk about different things. Yeah, not the same thing. No, we won't do this same episode next week. Next week's episode actually is a rerun. (laughs) A rerun? (laughs) All right, bye. I love you. You're all right. (laughs) See, See ya. Tipping the Turtle is the only retro gaming podcast, but don't Google that. It's hosted by Jeff Silvers and Nick Bryant, with music by Nick Bryant and produced by Jeff Silvers. Follow us at facebook.com slash tippingtheturtle or email us at tippingtheturtlegaming at gmail.com.